Hey everybody and welcome to issue 50 of Comic Stripped. We are your hosts, Ariel. And Joe. This time we're talking Young Avengers and The Nice House on the Lake, Volume 1, for our final episode. Check it out. Okay. Time to talk youngsters. The Young Avengers. <laughs> uh, this is not a volume one or two or type situation. This is a self-contained uh, longer, if you're talking about graphic novels, kind of compared to some of the other ones we've we've covered over the years on the show. Um, it's, you know, maybe double length, but it tells like a kind of a complete story introducing all these characters into the Marvel Comics universe. It's written by Alan Heinberg, um, who's the kind of the, the mastermind and the story side of things. Um, pencils primarily by Jim Chung. Um, inks by way too many people, I'm sorry to mention. Um, but there's also uh, a, a few uh, guests, artists as well. That I, I Hopefully I can run through them real quick, but there, there's just so many other folks in the creative team, it's going to be hard to, to name them all. So uh, definitely check out the front matter if you're, if you're reading this. Um, uh, Andrea DeVito on, uh, on one issue, then there's like a kind of a special uh, issue where there's a number of different artists, Michael Gaidos, Neil Adams, Gene Ha, Jay Lee, uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, and Pasquale Ferry, all of them are comic book legends. Young Avengers. So I have to say this is a great one to finish the show off on because it was I loved it so much. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And it awesome. makes me want to read more Young Avengers. So basically we have these these kids. We start off with J. Jonah Jameson, everyone's favorite media mogul. Cantankerous media mogul. Yeah. Anyway, and he's he's talking, with, and this is kind of, and I, I like the way this exposition, exposition was handled, because this intro really is, it's just very expository, giving us kind of a bunch of backstory, because we have Jessica Jones acting as a reporter, which I never knew she had that kind of thing as a job. Well, I, I'm, my interpretation of the first scene <clears throat> is that she's still a private investigator, but she's been kind of hired... To help the reporter, okay. Kathy, Caddy, Kate, Kat. I mean, she doesn't matter. She doesn't matter. But so, <laughs> there's like a reporter there that Jameson, you know, that works at the Daily Bugle. And then it seems like they've hired Jessica Jones to try to investigate okay. as a PI, okay. kind of help them figure out who the Young Avengers are because they're 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 making the headlines on the newspaper, right. and JJ wants to figure out who they are. Cat uh, Farrell, by the way. There you go, Cat right. Farrell. So anyway, uh, so in the Daily Bugle, there's an article about the Young Avengers front page. Splash gosh, the front page, Young Avengers. And it's, she was the one that, Cat Farrell was the one that named them that. They don't, they're uh, not, they're officially calling themselves. But J. Jonah Jameson's like, what's going on with this? The Avengers has disbanded. What, what, who are these? Who are these young kids? That's my J. Jonah Jameson impersonation, <laughs> by the way. Who are these young kids and what are they, what are they up to? Find out everything you can. Like, are they cousin trouble? Anyway, so she promises that she's going to look into it. And, of course, J. Jonah Jameson is like, listen, but you used to be a superhero, so you know all about this. You can help out with this. And he has, like, a picture of Jessica Jones as Jewel. Indeed. Which, and, like, by the way, she seems like she was a different, also, emotionally person at that time when she was Jewel. Like, she seems yes. way happier. Yeah, I don't know if we and like that's that's even like on the net when, on the Netflix show Jessica Jones it had that same vibe as like if you look at yes. her and pictures of her as Jewel she's all super cheerful and chipper whereas like when she's Jessica Jones she's just kind of a little bit darker and yeah stuff stuff's happened to yeah. her uh, that's uh, definitely taken to her her life down a uh, yeah. darker path so anyway so he's like please you know look into this for me and she's like I'll look into it I'm not wearing the costume and she's pregnant in yes, this as, as well by Luke Cage indeed. So anyway, so she's going to go look into it. And then all of a sudden out of the sky, Iron Man and Captain America drop. And they're like, hey, listen, we need your help. We've, we've got these kids. I'm sure you've heard of them. We didn't call them this. We don't know where or we didn't hire them, these young Avengers. But we need them to, you know, we're going to talk to their parents. And they need to be told, listen, you can't be doing this. It's way too dangerous. And she's like, oh, don't go to the parents. That's no fun. Yeah. And so she's, you know. She's like, I'll just, you know, I'll I'll look into it because I'm an investigator. So this is another person that wants her to look into it. And so meanwhile, at, um, was it St. Paul's Cathedral? That's the big one, right? Yeah, the famous I think one in so. New York. Yep. So there is like a, a hold about a wedding. Mm -hmm. And, okay, so this is the, the part, the only part that I kind of found disbelievable was uh, 
Kate Bishop? Kate Bishop is there. But she's supposed to be like a teenager. And she is not drawn remotely like a teenager. Yeah, I think I think most of the characters, like Jim Chung's style, is he doesn't really have like a youthful style for the people that he draws very much. But I know I don't know because I mean he did well for the for the Young Avengers and he did well for Cassie. I guess, but to me, they always feel like they're like late teens, early twenties. Yeah, and see when you look at Kate, spy. she looks like I thought she was like a woman in her thirties. Oh really? Yeah, when I saw okay. this, because I thought it was just like bridesmaid, you know. Sure, She's sure. Like okay, thirty, you know, thirty something bridesmaid. And it's like you're really... joining this group of kids. That's gross and kind of creepy. So <laughs> okay. And then like finally later on, like a couple, a couple issues in, a couple volumes in, whatever, you see her and she's in her schoolgirl outfit or whatever, and you're like, oh okay, so she's in school. But like when you first, like when I first read this issue, I was just like, man, this old lady wants to join the Young Avengers. <laughs> but anyway. So, the, you know, the bad guys are like, give us all your money and stuff, see, and we'll get out of here. And, and the, 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 the team's a little amateurish. They, they, they well, don't quite know how to... Right, but I wanted to talk about Kate's uh, part in it. Sure. Is that, like, the, the bride's like, anything you want, anything. And Kate's like, no, we can totally take these guys. There's, like, 200 of us, and there's, like, five of them. So, Kate, you know, we're kind of getting, obviously, we get a little bit of an inkling that Kate is going to be somebody important, right? Indeed. I mean, even if we didn't know that she was Kate Bishop. Yeah. Which, you know... They don't say her last name until way later. You just hear, you know, Kate. So, well, and this is—I think this is maybe her first appearance ever. So, because Kate Bishop was—that's that—that was the Hawkeye girl on the, on the TV show, right? Yeah, but this yeah. is this this story. I think is her the first oh. time she's ever shown up. So this this if you were reading it when it was coming out, would be your first introduction to this character. So you wouldn't even know who she was. You wouldn't even know who she was. Okay. She's clearly got some skills and some. An attitude, a particular set of skills. An attitude, and when the Young Avengers kind of crash in and altogether don't do the best job. They do not. And somebody takes Kate hostage, uh, she, you know, f- liberates herself. Yes. And is like, you yahoos don't know what you're doing here at Patriot. Here's your throwing stars back. <laughs> By the way, we should tell you who the Young Avengers start out as. So we have the Hulkling. Indeed. Which is a guy who we learn, I'm just going to spoil things here. Later on, we learn that he's actually like, he's not like the Incredible Hulk. He's he's a shapeshifter. But he tends, he's, he spends the first few issues of this story kind of in a Hulk-like yes. form to make right. everybody believe that he has Hulk-like powers. And he does have super strength yes. in addition to the shapeshifting. And then we have uh, Asgardian. Indeed. Which he's yeah. actually not like a lightning type god. He's actually, you say wizard? He, I know he didn't like one of the words. Either wizard, no, he didn't like warlock. warlock. He doesn't like warlock. He's a wizard or a magician. I don't know what you would call yeah, it. Yeah, later on he'll be he'll be known as Wiccan, which I think is a better. Okay, Wiccan. Yeah. And, and he's actually Scarlet Witch's kid. Or imaginary kid. One of the twins. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. And then we have Patriot. Mm-hmm. Who is kind of like um, he wears the the Bucky Barnes outfit, and then we have Iron Lad. Yeah, which who, is a funny name. Yeah, I think it's like the, the I, I I bet uh, Alan Heimberg struggled with that. One. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so those are the those are the young Avengers, and they show up. They don't do a good job, and a big mess happens, and they have to fly away. They're just like, okay, we're gonna we peace out, we're gone, and they 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 leave because everybody's trying to figure out who they are, and they're clearly interfering, and they're not. Uh, sanction. I should mention, by the way, that this is in the uh, era of uh, of post Avengers disassembled, hmm. post House of M, or right. kind of House of M ish yeah. time period. So the Avengers are all shuttered up. All the stuff that, and I think we talked about this in like episode twenty nine of the podcast when we talked about House of M. I think yeah. uh, Joe, you, we also dove into Avengers disassembled a little bit there yes. to talk about what happened. So Avengers as a team are gone. Iron Man, Captain America, a few of them clearly still alive. Uh, Hawkeye dead. Mm-hmm. The original Hawkeye. Ant-Man dead. Ant-Man. Uh, Scott Lang specifically passed away, uh, was killed. Um, and Avengers Mansion is just and like a, a Jack ruins. of all trades or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that it's his, uh, man, why am I, uh, blanking on his name, Jack of Hearts, I Jack believe. Of Hearts. Okay. Uh, yeah, which was actually which I'd never even the heard zombie of, of Jack of Hearts was created and then exploded, yeah, killing Scott Lang. And also, uh, She Hulk was kind of possessed by Scarlet Witch and uh, tore Vision in half, so Vision also dead. Yeah. Um. So Bad that's time. kind of the the environment they're in. So, uh, 
clearly the Young Avengers kind of want to not have too much heat on them. They're kids. Yeah. They don't want their identities exposed, so they... They, they, run, say, they run away, they run away safe. Which is Avengers Mansion. Yeah. And Iron Land's like, come on, guys. we got to do a better job at this. We're not going to be able to take on Kang the Conqueror if we can't work as a group. If we're going to take on five guys, how are we going to take on him? Yeah. And so, of course, you know, team you know, drama. They're, yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> and, and so you're kind of like, Kang the Conqueror, why are you even wanting to get involved? And it's like, how do you even know this going to happen? You know, so it's kind of like, what makes you think Kang the Conqueror is going to come here kind of thing? Yeah, and so... And you find out, surprise! Well, yeah, so the, the, the Avengers are actually at the mansion to try to confront the kids because they're like, well, where would we go? Yeah. Where would they, you know, where would they think they, they, people would be least uh, likely to find them? And they find Iron Lad there, and Iron Lad reveals that he's actually Kang, a young Kang the Conqueror, pre, pre-conqueror Kang. Yeah. And then we skip to a different scene where... It's after the debacle at the wedding, but Kate is at the hospital and she's kind of being medically checked out or whatever. And all the orderlies and nurses and stuff are gossiping about what had just happened and how she's a, a daddy's girl with, you know, he just has a lot of money. Derek Bishop. And I don't know if that it was that way in the Netflix show where the dad was really rich. Uh, no, they, they, they turned it around. So in the, in the comics, Kate's dad is wealthy and her mom passed away. And they, they flipped it so that her mom is wealthy and well-connected okay. on the Hawkeye show on Disney+. Plus and the, the, her, her dad passed away in the, in the show. So in this world, it's, she's, she's got dad's money. Okay. And so Cassie shows up and she's like, I'm looking for the young Avengers. I want to join them. My dad was Ant-Man and I need to get into the Avengers mansion and get my dad's suit because it belongs to me. And I'm going to be a young Avenger too. And she's like, well, let me go with you. I want to be Young Avenger, like, too. wait up. Which is when I was like, that's really creepy. You're like 30-something. Why are you going? <laughs> anyway, so we cut back to Jessica Jones and Captain America and Iron Man are talking to Kang. And he's like, listen. He's like, here's how it went down. Back to the future. <laughs> or back yeah, in the future, if you want to that. He's being, being beaten up by some bullies. And then the older version of himself shows up and is like, listen, let me take you on a trip through time. I can show you all this stuff. He's like, it turns out I actually got stuck in, you know, these people worshipped me. It was a whole thing. And it was really great. I had some trouble with the Avengers. But, you know, we always fight each other. I'm going to win in the end. Anyway, they're just like little flies that bother me. So, you know, I need you to start kicking some butt now. And he's like, I don't want to do that. I, I, you know, because King is a good kid. He's like, no, do it now. And he's like, no, I don't want to. And he managed to get away from older King. And he ends up at the time when the Avengers were disbanded. Yeah, he basically like the the his elder self leaves his arm, puts his armor on him, so they can do the whole time travel. Like this is what you have waiting for you as long as you just kill this bully right now. Uh, and young Kang like keeps the armor on and blasts old Kang and travels through time. But yes, uh, as you were saying, Joe, he shows up and the Avengers have disbanded, and he comes across. Um, the, the kind of stored program of the vision mm-hmm. um, and the vision, which we'll find out there's some other stuff that happens, but just to kind of connect those pieces, he finds the vision. The vision explains that there's a, pro, there's like a program mm-hmm. that a protocol. The, the protocol to, you know, enable the next generation of Avengers should the original team yes. falter. And that's how Iron Lad Kang finds our young Avengers. Yes. So meanwhile, the, Patriot is still like, I want to be doing a bunch of stuff. I want to save the world. Whatever. I don't. I, I still want to stop, and I want to get this drug. Because what's the drug called? Uh, MGH, which is a mutant MGH. growth hormone. So basically, you take the pills, you kind of get mutant powers, but it's a bit unpredictable. And he's like, I want to get this stuff off the street. These dealers are terrible people. So he starts going after stuff, you know, after the bad guys by himself. And, of course, he needs Hulkling and Asgardian, the Asgardian to come in and help him. And so they're just like... Listen, we, you know, we need to stay together. We're, we stick together. We're a team. And we, meanwhile, we cut to Jessica, Jessica, Cassie and Kate. Yeah. And they're sneaking into the Avengers campus just, and then Patriot, Asgard, the Asgardian, and the whole thing. Ariel's watching me like, is she going to, is she going to do all these names? <laughs> it's a lot of names. It's a lot it of is a lot team. of names. And, and they're, they're all new. new names. They're all new for you know, most folks. Anyway, so all of the young Avengers 
with the exception of Iron Lad, they kind of assemble right there. And Patriot and the Asgardian and Hulkling are just like, you got to get out of here. This is the Avengers' home. And Cassie's like, I've lived here six months out of the year. So, no, this is my home. I'm staying here. I'm going to get my out my stuff. You know, this place is my, that's my dad's uniform, so it belongs to me. And the more she gets upset, like, they try and, you know, the boys are like, no, get out of here. You are, we're protecting. And the more upset she gets, she gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And she doesn't realize it until the kid's like, um, so apparently you have some sort of powers too. Yeah. So she, it it's, so she passes out and she wakes up and the uh, old, the, the old team of Avengers, or at least Iron Man and, uh, and Captain America and Jessica Jones are trying to have a conversation, trying to convince the young Avengers to not be young Avengers that they're young. And we're going to talk to your parents. Meanwhile, Cassie like manages to calm herself and shrink back down to normal size and find her dad's uniform kind of rummaging around the remains of Avengers mansion. And it's kind of revealed that, you know, she used to steal some pin particles from her dad mm-hmm. uh, periodically when she was a kid. And she's been exposed enough times that somehow as a result, without yeah. having to use pin particles, she can shrink, in a suit, she, can grow. she can shrink and grow. And, um, you know, some, not everyone's background, but some folks background is revealed to, Captain America and Iron Man, like uh, Patriot Eli, reveals that his his uh, his grandfather's Isaiah Bradley, the the one of the first the people OG. that was Captain America, um, which is uh, also you know that in the is, show is in is in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's similar background. Or Isaiah Bradley was experimented on. They experimented on uh, African American soldiers uh, to try to recreate the super soldier serum that. Uh, uh, created Steve Rogers, uh, so and he's like, listen, there was a blood transfu- transfusion. My grandfather was the only match, and so that's how I got these powers. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Hulkling and uh, Asgardian they're they're not exactly forthcoming with their backgrounds at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then kind of as they're trying to have a serious talk about how. The Young Avengers are not going to back down. They're going to keep superheroing. And the Avengers are like, you really shouldn't do that. You know, it's dangerous. <laughs> we don't condone this. Yeah. Um, then uh, the Growing Man. Which I've never heard of that random throw-off villain dude from, I don't know, when what decade. Because okay. he uh, looks like, he, like, he kind of looks like um, Darkseid. I guess a little like bit. He has a yeah. Darkseid-ish helmet on. Sure. And uh, so Growing Man attacks them and... Uh, they start fighting with him, and he can kind of like multiply and you know divide, you know, like multiply his body uh, into multiple copies. And, and he's looking for the master. Yeah, and Iron Lad just says like, "I am Kang. I am your master. You know, stop it." And uh, <laughs> <laughs> basically, like they they sub- subdue him, and then they send like his the 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 growing man copies kind of stop, but then they send this uh, signal mm-hmm. to. Presumably, OG Kang. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that this is where your your younger self is. This is the time period. This is the location. And the kids so, are like, "Now will you train us?" And, and the yeah. the Avengers are like, "Sure, okay, come on, come into this little room here, this, this well sealed vaulted room." And they trap him in there to try to hold him in place while they call their parents. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, actual Kang shows up. And he's like, "Listen, you don't understand. You, I have to take this kid with me. Otherwise, like, look around you." This world that you know is going to be messed up. Like, if he stays in here, this messes up the entire timeline. And then we get into that whole, like, that headachey time travel butterfly, of, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It happens the whole thing. And they're, you know, they're kind of looking around, and, like, the Avengers Mansion is just gone. Yeah. And like, it everybody just crumbles has... to dust. There's nothing there. Yeah. And, like, Captain America and Iron Man have different costumes. And then... Jessica's no longer pregnant. And she's in her jewel costume. And everything is getting messed up. Meanwhile, the the kids, the Young Avengers, have managed to find a way to sneak out of the room and rummage around and pull out like an old Captain America shield. And Kate uh, manages to to, to score uh, the Swordsman's sword and uh, Mockingbird's uh, eyepiece and a bow and arrow from Hawkeye. So she's got some gear now, and they're kind of, you know, talking about what they should do about how they should take the fight to Kang. But uh, the Avengers kind of stop fighting Kang, and they say, no, yeah, we kind of agree. The timeline's getting really messed up. Uh, I guess you really should take your young self back. But um, the young Avengers ain't having it. Yeah, and, and our Iron Lad is like, I don't want to go back with him. No, and he flies away, and 
all kinds of basically all kinds of de- disasters. Again, I'm sorry. I do have one other thing that bothered me is that there was a whole lot of kerfuffle like several times. You'd be like, no, I'm not going to. Okay. I'll do yeah. And yeah. it was just, it was like a very, I don't want to say cheap, but it was a very cheap and easy way to just like, it's like, why did you even bother with this fight then? It's like, I get that you wanted to show that he wanted to be a good person, remember, but there was a different way you could have handled that versus this big, huge fight and him going, okay, I'll go with them anyway. So anyway, so there's a big, huge fight when the, you know, the, the old Avengers versus the young Avengers kind of thing. And they're, they're battling each other and things are going very, very wrong. And so Iron Lad is like, please fine. I'll go with you. Yeah. And then, uh, Cassie tries to stop it. Yeah. And she sort of interrupts things and then kisses Iron Lad. Yeah. She's like, Oh, you saved me. And she kisses him and it's weird. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was weird because it's like, you literally just met him tonight. Yeah. You guys have not had enough time to talk about your feelings and stuff. I mean, but I mean, I'm not teens. a cool 15 year old anymore. I'm, yeah, you know, teens. I'm almost middle aged. So what do I know? Maybe that's what, how the kids get down now. Even uh, though this was written when 2006, 2000. Yeah, some in that era. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that was how the kids Mid-2000s. got down in the in the early 2000s. Is like you see a person, you get trapped in a room together, and then it's love. It's like the movie Speed. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> So, um, the, the, the problem is, um, well, the, the, what, what goes on is then the young Avengers take, take the fight to Kang and they fight Kang and they manage to disable his armor. Um, even though Iron Lad, I think at this point has lost his, like removed his armor in an attempt to, uh, you know, go back in time with, uh, with OG Kang. Mm-hmm. Um, so they start fighting and somebody gets the bright idea to, activate the vision program that's inside Iron Lad's armor to so that the vision can act independently as his own person versus yes. being part of Iron Lad's armor. Um, so that's happening. There's a bunch of stuff we're skipping about like deception because like it turns out like Hulkling reveals that he has shape-shifting powers and he shapeshifts into uh, young yeah. Kang to confuse old Kang and yada, yada, yada. But ultimately kind of what happens is Young Kang manages in all the chaos and all the fighting to sneak behind old Kang and just run him through with a sword. Yeah. Swordmaster's sword. Killing old Kang. But the problem is, they're like, oh, the Avengers Mansion is back. That's great. Oh, but wait, all the Avengers are dead now. Yeah. The timeline is being rewritten again, and things are really bad. And everybody kind of realizes, no, turns out we probably need to have this guy become Kang after all. And, um... You know, people so, also start disappearing. Yeah. Then w- Wiccan or Asgardian disappears and young uh, Kang Iron Lad realizes like, no, I, I guess I really do have to go back. Uh, Which again is just all. like, man, that was just, <laughs> just like, why did you just waste everybody's time, kid? Why didn't you just go back the first? But I mean, I get that you're doing this resistance thing because it's, you know, you're trying to prove his, his character growth, but it's just like, he just keeps... I don't know. It's like one of these times I'm just going to call Wolf, right? Yeah, it's like you're, sure. calling, you're just like, you're just like, I'm not going to go. Okay, I'll go, but I'm not going to go. Okay, I'll go, but I'm not going to go. Yeah. Okay, I'll go. It's like, yeah. It doesn't mean as much the third time because I feel like this is the third time that he's like, okay, I'll go with you. Yeah. And one other plot detail that I was not clear on is um, like, so Billy was going to, as Guardian was going to erase Iron, Iron Lad's memory so that he can, Mm-hmm. Forget being a good guy, and the, but then Billy disappeared, right? But then the Vision is the one that, you know, since he's in the Kang armor, can open up a a portal and send Young Kang back right. to the future. Uh-huh. But he never got his memory erased. But then later he's like, "Well, I'm not going to remember this, but thanks for the memories." Yeah, but I mean, we don't see him for the rest of the. Yeah, it's just volume, like, well, how are you so... not going to remember it, though? Because the guy that was erasing memories disappeared because of the timeline. Yeah. So somehow his memories got erased, even though the yeah. guy that the other guy that was going to erase his memories did not follow through. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. But whatever. Time <laughs> time travel is weird. Anyway, uh, so things yeah. get restored back to the way they were, but everyone still remembers what happened. Yeah. And so, you know, the Young Avengers kind of uh, pretend to... Uh, say, yeah, we'll never wear these uniforms again. We're never going to act as Young Avengers again because they got another talking to uh, right immediately after the Kang debacle ended uh, with uh, by Jessica Jones and 
Captain America and Iron Man. But uh, Kate's like, look, I'm rich. Yeah. And uh, I took it over an old building that my dad owned, and I made us new costumes, or had new costumes for us made. So now Cassie's part of the group, and Kate's part of the group. Uh, no Iron Lad anymore, of right. course. Yeah. Uh, so everybody's got new duds, and they're Young Avengers again, and they technically held up their end of the bargain that they were never going to wear the, the costumes. True. But, uh, you know. And they decide to become heroes. Yeah. And so then we start to see stories of them all kind of going back home and, you know, they're, they have just like, and this is where all the guest artists come in because there's like a, basically a special issue where you see, uh, you know, a, a little bit of uh, Cassie going right. to going back home and listening to her mom say that, you know, you know, she's eavesdropping on her, on her mom and her stepdad and, you know, oh my God, could, you know, could she be the giant girl? This would be horrible. Her father died. Clearly she's, you know, in tough a tough spot, not wanting her parents to find out who she is. Um, Billy and Hulkling, whose name is Teddy, uh, they kind of come out to yeah, Billy's parents. Yeah, they kind of have two big secrets. But they have two big secrets. One, they're a couple, and uh, two, they're superheroes. But the, the couple one is the one that, that they end up coming out. out to their parents. Yeah. But their parents, are, or at least Billy's parents, are very supportive of it, uh, which is great. Uh, Eli comes home and is just kind of, you know... Hiding his uh, his 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 role from his from his mom, uh, but his grandfather Isaiah, who doesn't really speak very much, seems to think you know it's, it's implied he that Isaiah aware. knows yeah. that Eli is patriot on this role. And meanwhile, Tony Stark and and Steve Rogers are uh, and Jessica Jones are like trying to figure out is this vision the same as the old vision? And it's like well, not really, but he has all of Iron Lad's. I mean, he's the, honestly he's the kid version of Vision. So he's, he's like a, a kid Vision, yeah. right? Kid Vision. He's I a like young, that. a young Vision, a, a, a scrappy, uh, a, a, you know, naive uh, program AI. <laughs> Basically, we there's, we kind of see a sub story here where Eli uh, tries to infiltrate an MGH, you know, Factory, manufacturing yeah. plant because it turns out, and I'll just kind of yeah, just spoil it. You know, just jump ahead here. Turns out Eli never had a blood transfusion from his grandfather. He's been taking MGH yeah. all along, and he needed a fix. And so he was going back to um, Mr. Hyde, who's another minor Avengers and Marvel villain, to try to get more. But Mr. Hyde, uh, you know, is also hopped up on MGH. And the other young Avengers show up, and they have a fight with Mr. Hyde. And basically the whole point of the story is that it comes out that Eli, his powers are not his like Legit. he's he's, yeah. he's taking drugs to to make it happen and so he feels terrible about it and like he doesn't he's like i can't be one of the young avengers i'm not you know i'm bogus you guys don't need me i'm not really here i can't really help you self-pity spiral yeah so, so he kind of just kind of avoids his friends after that and then it, it comes to light captain america is is talking to uh eli's i guess grandma and she's just like, no, there was no, like, she, she tells them about, like, there was never a transfusion. He's never been in any sort of trouble or anything. Yeah. You know. And so now Captain America's like, okay, so this kid really doesn't have any powers. Yeah. And so, yeah, we kind of get, uh, mostly the, the special issue is, is primarily kind of, you know, centered around that a little bit about Billy, but also a little bit about Kate as well, where she's talking to jessica jones um and this is drawn actually by michael gatos uh who's was in in alias he was, he's one of the original creators of jessica jones okay and we learned that you know kate uh, the reason why she decided to become a young avenger was uh, to fight crime really in general not just to become a young avenger was she was assaulted um yes uh, and uh like after practice at school or something like that and uh she decided to train herself at that point to take on crime and yeah, I mean, we we could talk a lot a, a long time about the various backgrounds of why everybody decided to become, you know, a crime fighter in the first place. But it's all kind of, I don't know, for the most part, run of the mill stuff. Yeah. Uh, beyond the the whole Eli not actually being a, a real uh, super powered person, which kind of drives kind of the remaining story here, where, uh, yeah, it's everybody's like they... kind of. Just trying. to want him on the team. Yeah. 
and everybody's trying to hide that they have powers, but they're also kind of still hanging out with each other and um, occasionally doing superpowered stuff. Uh, but as they're all hanging out as kids, as high school kids, when the Super Scroll shows up and abducts Teddy or, or the Hulkling, and uh, he's like, "I've come to bring you home." Mm-hmm. And of course, scrolls are shapeshifters. Hulklings are shapeshifters. So you think, "Oh, that makes sense." Uh, then the Kree also show up. Indeed. And they're like, we're here to take you home. <laughs> and so he's like, um, what? Yeah. And so then we learn his parents are Captain Marvel? Yes. So the the original... The man version. Yes, the, the male Captain Marvel, the original Captain Marvel uh, comic book version, not the, you know, the new, the, the current iteration, not Carol Danvers. Um and uh, the the scroll queen or one of the scroll queen you know empresses to be um and teddy's actual like human mom is not human she's a scroll she's been looking after him because teddy's birth mother died when galactus ate the scroll homeworld you got to go read a bunch of other comics to <laughs> yeah. figure that out um and this whole this basically this whole thing launches a kind of a mini war between the the kree and the scrolls um you know, vying for uh, for for Teddy, uh, and kind of in the midst of all that, I think um, the Young Avengers are also trying to, you know, maybe get uh, some extra help to deal with the Super Scroll and everything. So they they go back to the Vision and they're like, "Hey, Vision, uh, you know, maybe you found some some more people." Yeah. And he has. He found a speedster. Tommy. And he looks remarkably like... Billy. Like identical. Like they're twins. Even though they've mm-hmm. never known each other. Yeah. And, and that's that funky. Is, that's, that's the Scarlet Witch's other kid. Yeah. So, in, you know... So if you saw, if you saw WandaVision, basically, then you know that Scar- Scarlet... Well, okay. So if you follow... To go, to go even bigger than that, if in the comic book world you know about how Scarlet Witch kind of lost her mind... And we talked about this in House of M back yeah. in episode twenty nine. And so 29. she created this whole happy world where she had two kids, and yep. she and Vision were married. So it's kind of like if you've seen WandaVision, this is kind of that thing where she has the two kids. One's a speedster, and one can do magic. And so this is basically these kids that, but oddly, like how do they exist when that was not real? Yeah, and there's a whole comic book background of how Mephisto, who is the a demon, but in the you know he's he's the devil, but Marvel Comics version of the devil. Um, turns out that Wanda had made those twins not out of nothing, but she had stolen two souls from hell or purgatory or something right. like that and fashioned them to the, the children to make them real. And uh, the souls eventually, you know, when the Wanda's, the whole story, the House of M story resolved itself, those souls found their way back to Earth and became two actual kids. Yeah. And those are Billy and Tommy. Um, so they, the Young Avengers recruit Tommy to go save Teddy because the Super Scroll had abducted him. Um, and uh, they do that while while the Kree show up for the first time, as we discussed. And then we kind of find out about Teddy's parentage. And, and things are going crazy. And they say, you know what? Okay, fine. You just need to go with them, Teddy. Yeah. And, and he's like, okay, I'll go with you. And surprise, it turns out it wasn't Teddy. It was a Super Scroll because... They they work something out where Teddy will spend six months of a human year with the Kree and six months with the Scrolls. Yeah. But then the Super Scroll, kind of having ba- pledged to, you know, uh, take, take you know take care of uh, of Teddy throughout his life, takes the form of Teddy when he goes to visit the Kree and he can spy on the Kree as a result. So it all kind of works out where Teddy gets to stay on Earth. Um, the Kree and the Scrolls think that they have what they both want. Uh, and yeah, it all kind of works out. And, oh, and uh, uh, towards the end of it, um, I, we forgot to mention this Patriot gets injured so badly. Oh yes, he he saves Captain America by jumping in front of him before Kree shoots Captain America, and he's got to go to the hospital. And he needs a blood transfusion. And who gives him the blood transfusion? His grandfather. Yay! So he's going to get those powers after all. I assume. And we see, I think, uh, towards the end when they're cleaning up after the whole Kree scroll thing. Two things. One, you see Eli kind of recovered and carrying a heavy statue or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's true. He's got, you know, basically Captain America powers. 
uh, and you also see uh, Tommy as Speed. He's kind of a juvenile delinquent. He's a little bit of an edgy character, uh, yeah. similar to Quicksilver, I guess, in a sense. Uh, and uh, he's got his own like green costume now, part of the Young Avengers. So we've got the full cadre now. Yeah. And that's kind of where the story ends, but uh, with more uh, yeah. tales to tell. And like I said, I thought it was really fun, and I would read more of it. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on that. Great story. Um, and the artwork is great, too. And the coloring yeah. is great, too. I mean, Jim Chung, like, uh, just, yeah, real, real, real great stuff. Um, I think uh, colors overall for Jim Chung's work, uh, Justin Ponsor did those. So uh, great work, Justin Ponsor, too. It, it just felt like a classic, like, comic, like, see hero comic. It was bright and vibrant, right. yeah. but also, like, I don't know. Uh, Jim Chung just does uh, really great work. He's just got a great amount of detail to all the costumes and everything. And everybody's uh, suit just looks really good and yeah. fresh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of the way you'd expect some Young Avengers to maybe look, you know, more modern take on the, the classic ones. Right. Uh, and Alan Heinberg knocked it out of the park with a story. I mean, yeah, there's those problems we talked about. But overall, to be able to put a whole new team together, yeah. kind of in the midst of uh, a lull in the Avengers can i mean the movies hadn't even started yet this was pre-iron man even i think in the movie theaters or anything so yeah this this was a whole fresh take yeah and so for this one i would give it a nice solid a awesome yeah so up next the nice house on the lake maybe not so nice All right, gonna end on a darker, creepier <laughs> tone here. Dark but, note. <laughs> yeah, uh, the nice house on the lake, volume one. Uh, this is written by James Tinney and the Fourth, art by Alvaro Martinez Bueno, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by Anwar Design. Uh, so this is a relatively new story. It started in June of last year, June of twenty twenty one, under DC's Black Label, which is their imprint that kind of replaced. I wouldn't say. Re- it's it's it, it sort of replaces Vertigo, if folks know what Vertigo is, where a lot of the more classic, mm-hmm. darker characters come from. Um, but they also do regular, like, DC superhero stories in Black Label that are, like, parallel universes that are maybe a little bit more mature, darker in that way. So I think this story kind of fits DC's imprint um, for this uh, kind of stuff. But, yeah, nice house on the lake. Yep. So this one, again was another great one to end the show on because oh this one is just like, so freaking fun and i was telling ariel yesterday i don't know if i'm just getting darker in my personality or something <laughs> but like i love i just love this edgy dark stuff more than i used to like i'm into the walking dead and z nation and just anything that kind of has like the creepy edgy vibe and yeah so this one was like this one was a very nice one. Basically, we have a, a situation, and there's kind of a long list of characters, so bear with us as we try and remember everyone's name. And I, I vote that we refer to them as, I don't know, should we refer to them as their occupation or their their position, or should we refer to them as their names? I think we could probably go either way. I, uh, I also want to say that there is a handy-dandy guide towards oh, the end. perfect. Um, that, like, uh, one, one, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a criticism, but it's it's one that I make knowing full well that the story's probably going to go on a lot longer, and it'll, yeah. it'll be plenty of time to get you know accustomed to all the characters. But uh, we do have like ten main characters plus Walter to make an eleventh. Walter being kind of the 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 mastermind behind the nice house. Yes. Um. So it's a lot of characters to get used to, and they flip back and forth between their like regular name and the code name that Walter gave them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found that quite confusing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to have this guide pulled up as we, as we talk about this. Okay. this is, uh, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> and yeah, I, I will say I, I enjoyed this so much that I was disappointed when I went to back to the library system and I tried to find the next volume because it's not out yet because yeah. the, the the comic is still being produced right now. So I was like, oh man, I can't read the next one and find out what's going to happen because it's that good. So anyway, so what we have here is kind of a end of days story. And it starts, which I mean, it starts in a way that makes you go, okay, if I was this person, really, you want to have a conversation like this with this bro, right? <laughs> so we start with our character um, as a, a girl named Ryan and she's an artist. She's the artist. That's her thing. 
and she this guy is you know at the uh, sitting at the bar and he's talking to her and he's like how do you think the world will end and she kind of goes in this you know the philosophical you know um you know robert frost fire and ice kind of conversation with him and they were talking about it and they kind of just become friends after that and they they hang out and they text and stuff like that and she he invites her to this house on the lake along with with several other people he's like listen I want us all to get together at this lake house and he sends pictures of it and he's like I think we you know we're overdue for a really good time and I have some great stuff to show you guys when you get here and so that's kind of our direction but I feel like usually if someone you know if you're sitting in a bar and someone's like how do you think the world will end and apparently he asks everybody that he's friends with this question and has several conversations with them throughout their friendship about this too right you kind of start to wonder What's wrong with you, man? Yeah, but it's just like, if, if I feel like if someone asked me that in bars, like, how do you think the world would want to be like, what are you planning? I would, like, look under their seats. Like, do you have some sort of explosive under your seat? What are you wearing a vest? Like, I would like to close my tab. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, chip, please. You know? But anyway, so so we get to this, uh, the nice house on the lake, which is somewhere in Wisconsin, um, because why not? And it's the, you know, it's this, this whole cast of characters, and most of them know each other like they either went to high school together or they went to college together or they you know they dated someone who knew someone kind of a thing the only kind of outsider is ryan she's just kind of this odd girl out and even then she hasn't she's she knows of some of the other she knows her friend is the ex-girlfriend of the comedian and so she's hung out with a couple of walter's friends but she like she's only known she hasn't known him that long yeah like she doesn't have this long drawn out history with him yeah but they're all kind of i guess they're in social circles that kind of tend to overlap at some point in their lives so anyway these all these people are sitting around and just just to give you a quick rundown of who these people are and you can you know you can make your snap judgments if you want you know based on archetypes why not okay so you have the artist which is ryan the acupuncturist the reporter the writer the scientist the consultant, the doctor, the pianist, the comedian, and the accountant. And there's one other character which is not listed here. Yes, the painter. Uh, the painter, uh, who is revealed at the kind of very end of Volume 1. Uh, so jumping right in to what happens is they all show up at the house, and they're all enjoying the kind of the amenities and everything. Um, and they're all getting to know each other, but Walter is kind of not around. Um, and as they're kind of reading through uh walter's kind of reading through walter's email and getting to know each other's aliases and you know just talking about how picturesque the landscape is and kind of talking to each other about where they know each other from um at some point in time as they're really starting to settle in they real like somebody checks their phone ryan ryan does i guess ryan does yeah and she sees that the world outside of the lake house is yeah it's like some kind of apocalypse situation is happening and everyone starts to check their phones and tablets and laptops and they're seeing the same thing. And then Walter shows up. Yeah. And then this is one of those things. It's not just like, oh, the world is on fire and you have the little puppy with a hat and he's drinking a cup oh, the, of Oh, this coffee. is fine guy? No, yeah. Yeah, it's not this. This is like literally people's faces are melting off and they're just standing around talking like, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Anderson Cooper, for example. They say Anderson Cooper just like melted in his seat. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty gruesome. It's yeah. It's just like you don't know any why, but everyone's just kind of spontaneously combusting, but not combusting, just yeah, oozing, yeah, gooping or whatever. So anyway, he's they're seeing this, you know, all all over the social media and looking at this, and you know, Walter's like, look, just stay. You know, everyone's like, okay, someone drove, right? One of you drove here from. Okay, let's everyone just get in the car and let's start. You know, let's drive and we'll check out. And he's like, you know, you guys can't leave. You guys, it's just you got to stay here. It's not safe out there. This is the only safe place for you. And it's kind of in, revealed uh, that Walter is not human, and he's created this nice lake house for them to all be safe and sound. Uh, and that's kind of all he leaves them with is like, look. You got plenty of resources here. You just you can't leave. Um, I put you here to keep you safe. You're all all of you are very important to me. And of course, you know people are not taking that well. Uh, even they know they know Walt. They've known Walter, many of them, for a long time. So uh, the writer Nora, uh, she kind of has a freak out about it and kind of goes and attacks 
Walter, and Walter kind of mm-hmm. he turns. I mean, they they refer to it as a flesh tornado. Yeah, <laughs> but he's kind of like a fleshy mist. The way it's kind of like portrayed in the art, where like I forget what object the 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 writer has that she like swings. It's it like, looks a like fireplace a poker, poker yeah, fire or something. Poker. Just kind of swings at his face, and it, his it just gives. It's like a it's like a a, 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 a smoke. It's kind of like okay, oh, like you know the Matrix when um, the guy with the shades, Hugo Weaving's character. Oh yeah, uh, Agent Smith. Yeah, when he kind of his head goes in several different directions. Kind of, yeah. So there's like bones and flesh under there yeah, in the art here, and, but he's he's, he's un unfazed, um, and then kind of in retaliation, he goes ahead and melts uh, her Nora's. Uh, Nora's arm, the one that she used to attack him. Uh, and everybody's freaking out, and then he's like, you know, I forget what he says exactly, but it's kind of just like, you know, enjoy your time, and then he, like, flesh tornadoes out of the building. It, like, disappears, yeah. and everyone's left in the aftermath of all that. Um, so that's kind of the kickoff of the story, and then we get kind of in between the issues of the volume a flash, well, to start every issue, I think we get a flash forward where everything's on fire at the lake house, and they kind of have a little vignette yeah. With a person explaining something about their relationship in the past with Walter. And uh, Walter seemed like a, a normal, trouble-ridden teen slash 20-something. Yeah. yeah. Like, he was like, do you think anyone likes me? Just kind of the regular teen angst kind of stuff. Yeah. And so it's like, you're like, well, what is up with this guy? He seemed so normal before, and now he's just done this cold-blooded yeah. thing? And everyone, you, you you start to get a picture of Walter throughout the these kind of vignettes, and also there's flashbacks as part of the the story as well that kind of sets up yeah. some of the characters, several of the characters' relationships with each other and with Walter. And you see that Walter's always been talking about this end of the world scenario yeah, since he was he's a always worried everyone's going to teenager in high school. Yeah. yeah, and he's got he acts like a normal human in the sense that like he's got feelings and emotions, and he comes out to his friends, his closest friends. Um, but he also is like very concerned with making sure they're all happy with each other mm-hmm. and they're all kind of, you know, succeeding and doing well, yes. uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, all that. And, uh, we learn why a little bit later on, but, you know, kind of as the story builds, we start to get this picture of Walter being humanized yeah. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, you clearly see that some, some word down the road. Yeah. People are going to lose eyes or something. They have, they have, they're all like each character that they show in the flash forward is like bandaged up, has some kind of makeshift weapon. They look like they're living an apocalypse, their very own private apocalypse yeah. at the nice house on the lake. Yeah. And so you're kind of like, what happened? Cause this, it was a nice house on a lake. So why are you in the woods with a piano? Yeah. So what happened to you? Or why are you on a boat with a spear or yeah. any number? Or why of are you living in a tree? Yeah. It's like, what did they do? Yeah. Like, how how quickly did things go bad? So anyway, and also, as this is going on, we see little transcripts throughout, and it becomes clear later on what those transcripts are for, where it's just, like, literally every conversation they have is written out. So there's somebody eavesdropping and creating these transcripts of the conversations they're having at the lake house. Yes. And they spend about a month there. I think it's, like, 29-ish days where people are kind of bouncing back and forth between freaking out uh, in their own way yeah, and trying to, like, enjoy the post-apocalypse kind of dream scenario that they have, and they start to learn more rules about the house. Um, They can they start running out of food, and they get concerned, like, we're not going to have enough food. And then they start realizing that if they ask for something... Yeah, they get this special notebook, and if they write the things that they want in the notebook, food, you know, clothing, whatever, it appears the next day on the doorstep. But if someone's looking to see how the boxes show up, they don't show up. So you have to just take it for granted and let it happen. Yeah. And so folks start to do that. Um, the the re- the reporter um, starts. Uh, I think his name is Sam. Yeah, yeah Sam. Sam. He doesn't like the whole situation from the get go. And so early on in the month that they spend there before the the plot really starts to get you know going at towards the end of the volume, um, he goes exploring the lake, trying to find other lake houses a way out, whatever. He finds an invisible barrier mm-hmm. that he can't cross, a number of different sculptures all throughout yeah. the the grounds, and also this black alien-looking, completely opaque house. Yeah. 
kind of down Which he the assumes, way. like, Walter must be living there or something. He assumes someone must be living there. But he gets no messages or anything out of it. Uh, we do later see that as he turns around and leaves, Walter's watching him. And turns out Walter's watching everybody. Uh, he can kind of flush Tornado in and out whenever yeah. he wants. And there is somebody trapped banging on the glass on the inside of the Black House, but we don't know who they are at the moment, at yes. that moment. Um, yeah. So um, we also, there, there's only one of the sculptures is something special to it, but basically if you touch it, if you put your hand on it, you can see what happened to your city and how horrible it was. So it's kind of just like, hey, you know, this is for real. Stuff's messed up. You really can't leave here. Yeah, as if the uh, social media wasn't dramatic enough. You right. can have your like, site your, teleported to your watch hometown. Watch the kids in your neighborhood. Watch their faces melt off. It's yeah, fun. It's, uh, and they, they depict it in the, in the art when people touch it. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, gruesome stuff. And meanwhile, there's two characters. I think I want to say Rick and Naya, right? The one couple. Yes. So, the pianist and the doctor. Yeah. So for some reason, the two of them have it in their heads that like they need to get people to want to stay. They need to keep people happy. They need to keep people interested. And they need to kind of get people's minds off things. And you see this list that Walter came up with. Bless his, I, mean, I don't want to say bless his heart because he's not a good person. Or he's not a good whatever he is. But he has this list of all the fun activities they're going to do every night, like movie nights. And this place is, like, tricked out. This house is tricked out. Like, they find there's, a, like, a movie theater there. And there's even, like, Walter has left special little gifts for each person based off of whatever their interest is. Each person has a symbol that relates to whatever their interest is as well. And so it's kind of like if they follow that symbol, if, if they find something with that symbol, it's clearly meant for them. But they find, like, a movie theater, there's a spa... With a, you know, yeah, with a the house, deprivation. The, the house like, has nothing that they right that they wouldn't want. Like it's got the, everything. So yeah. Rick and Naya, for some reason, we don't. I think, not... I think Rick is visited by Walter, and Walter convinces Rick that he needs to be the one okay. to kind of keep them together. And like, I think uh, they seem some... very in cahootsy by the end. Yeah, there's like, like a. What scene... do you want me to do? Yeah. How much do you want them to know? Yeah, because there's a scene early on, I think, where Rick is just in the shower and Walter just shows up, which is disconcerting <laughs> and uh they kind of imply based on that conversation that they had that like rick is kind of the reasonable one that you know should try to convince them to make the most of it so yeah that's like you said joe that's that's right. rick and naya's okay. goal they're trying to like you know have breakfast and have a dinner every night and they always requesting certain you know ingredients to make meals and all that stuff to try to keep people yeah you know happy but different people have different reactions to all that yeah well one of them specifically she has a, a really bad her name is molly she has a really bad reaction to it because she was invited to the nice house on the lake but her husband was not yeah reg i think uh, reginald no cam 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 is the husband oh i thought it was Molly's husband. I thought it was reg okay yeah so yeah so, so he doesn't get invited and she's quite upset yeah because, because he's dead if they're not he, there right, right he's dead so she's upset about that and so as everyone is kind of listing, you get to see everyone's list of what they want. Like, some people are like, oh, I want some cigarettes. Oh, I want, like, Naya is, like, making a lot of recipes and stuff for people. So she's like, oh, I need two pounds of turkey. I need some garam masala, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then Molly keeps asking if, you know, a package came for her. And a package just keeps not coming. And meanwhile, we have David, the comedian. And he's getting all kinds of random weird stuff. Like, he has a postman's outfit that he orders, and he has an astronaut suit that he orders, and he has a monkey suit that he orders, and he has a monkey in an astronaut suit that he orders. Yeah. It's like a whole thing. And so he's like, sorry. He's like, do you want me to help you? Maybe I can help you order it because you have to be really specific about what you want. And so finally she's just like, fine. Here's my list. Here's what I want. And you get to see everybody else's list in comparison. And then you see hers, and the first thing that she wants is she just puts the name of her husband. And the second day, all she puts is the name, the full name of her husband. And then all she puts the third day is the name of her husband and her parents. Yeah, and it kind of devolves from there to the point where ultimately all she asks for is a straight razor. And yeah. you kind of get the input, the idea of why she wants that. Um, and it's pretty clear that Walter's not going to let her do that, like, to herself. Yeah, so... And the comedian gets the idea that... There must be some extra rules. And when you, the, the flashbacks that they set up for the comedian kind of make it clear that, like, he's a goofy guy and he's always joking around and making stupid jokes about going commando or, like, going full naked nude in the, yeah. in the lake house and everything. But the, Yes, yeah, full dong, <laughs> as he says. Yes. Why not? It's the, I mean, it's the last episode. What are people going to do? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it, but it turns out, like, based on the flashbacks, that you, you get the idea that Walter sees something more in him. He has more intuition about relationships and about people yeah. and about the way the world around him, then he lets on. He's smarter than he lets on. He's just goofy on purpose. 
And so he sees a list, like, you know, he, he convinces uh, Molly to give him the her list, and uh, we see it, and then he gets the idea, okay. Uh, he goes out and gets some more packages, and he sees Walter out there in the woods, and he's like, dude, if you had rules, you know, you should have told us early on. So he clearly he's intuited something, and then he requests a straight razor. Because he's a man, and he's, you know, of course it could be for shaving for all yeah. anybody knows. But I think Walter knows what's going on, too, probably, presumably, although we don't see Walter's reaction. And so he gets the razor the next day, and he brings it to Molly, and they have a conversation, and he talks about, he tries to convince Molly, like, look, I know this is, you, you know, you, you shouldn't be blamed for wanting to do this. You know, the situation is impossible. You know, you're right to feel all the emotions you feel, but don't, you know, don't give in. You know, you should fight this. And then somehow he gets, he, he reveals that he has this idea that uh, he's going to need the straight razor for before he can give it back to her. And then he, he kind of goes to the dinner party everyone else is having. And essentially. I mean, it's a nice dinner party, by the way, as a foodie. Yes. I'm That's like, nice. couldn't you have waited until like the end, bro? After we everybody <laughs> ate and enjoyed everything, and then you could do this. And it's pretty graphic, so I'll just I'll just summarize where he uses a straight razor on himself. I'll just say it that way. Yeah. Uh, so we don't have to have uh, you know a trigger warning here, or too bad of a one. And but he demonstrates that he can heal. He immediately heals from it, and that he had you know basically they can't die. Something right. in the in the property or you know where they are is preventing them from being completely hurt. And then. Uh, Nora reveals she takes off her bandage because all this time pissed. I've been thinking, all this time I've been thinking that you know she's lost her yeah. hand, but no, it's completely healed. It's back. Right, and she's mad. She's like, seriously, he's known this since the very beginning, and so they start realizing they're like, I think that there's he tried to tell us, but he can't tell us. There's some stuff that he's not allowed yeah. to tell us. But there's rules, and then they can figure them out. And then so the comedian kind of you know goads everyone else like. There's unwritten rules here. We should figure them out. So then I believe Veronica, who's a scientist, asks for a whiteboard, and they start whiteboarding out all the theories about what all the rules are. Yeah. Um, also, as part of all this, everyone has their little secrets, mm-hmm. and they're all, they all start to come out. They, uh, I forget if it was, uh, it was Nora, and I forget who else, uh, maybe the consultant. Like, a few folks found this, like, vault with a key in the library that has a bunch of weapons yeah. and explosives in it yeah like guns and explosives like assault rifles that yeah. kind of stuff so that comes out um veronica the scientist says she has something but she doesn't reveal it at the time which we find out later um the building the black building in the yeah woods. so the the reporter sam like finally taught he, he hid it from everybody all this time that there's another you know you know facility that that black uh building somewhere else and he's mapped out the kind of hexagonal shape of the barrier keeping them in. So everybody kind of has their own little secrets that they're, that they reveal and they start to finally challenge the whole game and they decide to go out to the, to the, the black black site, the the black (laughs) site and they take a gun and they take a box of explosives with them Yes, because Sam explains like, there's no door. There's no way for me to get in. Then they're like, okay, well we might as well just, you know, take all the stuff and when they're on the boat veronica explains that she has been requesting telescopes as part of her packages um and that she's noticed that as she observes the stars the constellations don't move mm-hmm. so it's almost as if time is frozen yeah so there. are they trapped basically in a giant alien spaceship and this is all fake around them is it a simulation yeah is it a time frozen capsule they don't know but now they're starting to put together some theories yeah um, and so they go to this site, which has a bunch of statues around it, and they uh, they first just start trying to like shoot the the building to try to break down a wall or a window or explode the building. They, try, they use explosives, and it makes a huge crater, but no you know perceptible change to and you know uh, ingress or egress of the building. And then they start see, noticing that the statues all have their symbol on them for their particular code name. And so they all get the idea, well, maybe if we all touch our, our uh, you know, specific statue, then maybe we can make something happen. Right. And they kind of figure out, like, well, touching it by itself doesn't do anything. But if they all touch the statues and they ask for something, it kind of happens. So they ask for a door into the building and one opens up and... Their friend Reg is their there. Their friend Reg comes running out. <laughs> and he's excited to see them because he was friends. He's been friends with... Nora and 
Walter and who was the other person? That's why I thought Nora was like he was Nora's husband for some reason because they don't mention her husband after so long, right. and then oh, yeah. they they hug like immediately at the beginning. But yeah, he's he's friends with Nora and Mall. I thought Molly. There was a, there was like, I think it's Naya. I can't remember. It's one of the. Yeah. Because it's the it's the, I think it's the black girl, right? That he's friends with, that was in their little their that was their little circle of friends, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Veronica. I think it was Veronica and Nora. Uh, yeah, because there's some flashbacks with, uh, yeah, yeah, with Walter. But anyway, Reginald apparently is the one that had the transcripts, so he's been able to to read all the conversations they've been having at the lake house. But he hasn't been able to talk to them or contact them at all. His code name is the Painter, and uh, he he kind of knows that this whole scenario has been happening he hasn't been yeah out of the know and he has a theory that maybe they could still save the world that might not be yeah uh over for the entire earth because he thinks that they've all been gathered as kind of like the the best run. of the a practice run of like uh basically he thinks the aliens are going to try to de- destroy the earth but keep a few humans behind to study them and they are the study group Yes. But if they mess it up and they pick the wrong ones, then maybe the Earth hasn't been destroyed yet. Maybe they're being fooled into believing that Earth has been destroyed as kind of a control group to see if, you know, yeah. what would happen. And then they'll actually do the thing later. So if that's true, then maybe they still have a chance at saving the Earth. And then Reg starts to explain, and we get flashbacks of all this, of all the times in the past that Walter basically... <laughs> came out about this situation is that, hey, listen, the Earth is going to end in a few decades. I I can't save everyone. I can save you you guys. You know, uh, and of course, no, you know, his friends didn't believe him, and so he shows them, and then he instantly makes uh, one of them forget about the yeah. whole... He makes, uh, I think it was Nora, right? He makes Nora yeah. forget. But Reginald always seems to be the one that he comes back to and keeps over the decades yeah. revealing himself to, because he makes Reginald forget every time, but... He does kind of like confide in Reg, and Reg helps him kind of plan the yeah. whole lake house thing out. But he he's get he's he keeps having his memory erased every time. But it, there's kind of a pattern in this, and that's one thing I don't really ever understand as part of the story. Is like we have these flashbacks, and it almost seems like the characters are explaining things that happened to them. Yeah. But their memory is erased at the end of the flashback. Right. So how do they remember it all of a sudden? Yeah. Like who's, it's not really explained. Like who's I think telling it's the story? Just the omniscient narrator, probably. Yeah. Telling us. So, but That's Reg even says that. sometimes, like, and so he, I helped him plan it. It's like, how would you even know that? Yeah, if how do you remember it was erased? Yeah. Every time. But anyway, it doesn't but really it, factor in. Yeah. So they're like, okay, let's stop this. Yeah. And then Walter walks in and he's like, forget. He tells yeah. Walter, forget it. And the next thing, you know, Ryan wakes up and she's like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's do some pretty paintings. Yeah. But Reg is there all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and they're acting like it's no big deal that he's there. He's just yeah. there with them. And that's kind of the end. And, and one of the other details that Reg mentioned before their memory, everybody's memory was erased, was that he thought it wouldn't it wouldn't take him so long, as long as it did, to be able to get to him. So time is sort of running out, and they just had a reboot at the very end uh, to their memories, which sucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where where we leave everybody memory wiped, but having gone through a lot of stuff. Yeah, and they're still a, at least a little bit aware of something because they're saying that they're going to map out the little hexagon that they're trapped in. Yeah, so how far back? Find. So they're aware that they're trapped somewhere. But how far back did their did right. their memory get erased? That's a good. Question. And one of the people is just like, "Oh, it looks like it's going to be a nice day today." Yeah. Yeah. Which is not great because it's like okay, so everyone's oblivious so like i said it was one of those things where i was like okay well let me go look and see if i can find the second volume <laughs> must can... continue must right and i was yeah. like dang it it's not out yet they're still working on the individual issues so um obviously this one gets an a plus from me oh wow a five one last review this is yeah, like an a plus a... from joe well listen this is such a unique storyline i agree because it's not just like you know you're you're i don't want to say run-of-the-mill superhero but it's not just like a superhero story or your regular James like super spy kind of thing. This is just like a really it's really weird but really cool kind of mystery. Yes, very you engrossing. Uh, creepy and mysterious, but not like overt horror like all yeah. the time. Um, yeah, just really well put together. So kudos to James Cena the Fourth on on writing the whole thing and conceptualizing it, but also Alvaro Martinez Bueno because. The way he kind of mm-hmm. realizes the characters and the flesh tornado stuff and everything yeah. is, uh, 
I've never seen something like that before. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, really cool. Yeah, it's just like all the little pieces are just like like I love that they all have little symbols that represent them. And if you look at the symbols close enough, you understand. Yeah. How the symbol relates to each person, and they also have the names that they've been given. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's just very it's so very clever, and I'm just like I want to see what's gonna happen next because they're mapping it out. And it's like, what else is here? I want to see what else is here that they haven't discovered yet. Because he even, like, Walter had said, there's gonna, I left little things for each of you around here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And we haven't, so far, we haven't really seen that much stuff. And also, I want to know, why are people in the woods with a piano and everything is on fire? Yeah, why, flash forward situation. Right, why yeah. is someone living in a tree? Why is Ryan appear to be missing an eye now? Yeah. So it's just like all these things I want to know, and it's it's wonderfully done, and like the exposition is like it's like just it's perfect amount because it's we're kind of like going in with these characters who have no idea what's happening. We're kind of like with Ryan, right? Because yeah, kind of Ryan's yeah. like, how do you all know each other? I'm an outsider. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so it's great. This was a great one. I highly recommend. I agree. I, I totally agree. It's gruesome, so of course you know keep keep that in mind if you're recommending it for a younger reader or something. Yeah. But I think it's a it's. It's a huge hit. Uh, it was really hard to put down. Really intriguing all the way through. Not it. It never felt cliche. Like you've seen, I've mm. I've seen and read and you know watched whatever. Uh, consumed you know plenty of stories that have this kind of scenario, but never like this. Uh, it's just so tightly written and well done. And the the artwork is engrossing. Colors also Jordi Belair. Um, you you get these like uh, just the the. The, the creeping sunset there's just some there's so many times that I wa- I would read the different pages and like it's like dinner time or like late afternoon and there's a sunset and it just feels so creepy because yeah. you know that the rest of the world outside is like on fire or melting right. or whatever but there's like this I don't know it's just uh yeah this dread um it's just so well done so well crafted uh if this doesn't become a show at some point Oh my gosh, Down this would be an awesome show. I think they could do it. I don't think the special effects budget would be uh, super huge or anything. So I mean, even if even if you just did an animated show with this, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I bet we'll probably see that awesome. some some number of years down the line. But uh, yeah, cool. so that's uh, that's our last all book. Right. Well, thank you all for listening along with us and reading along with us. It's been so fun. I I've gotten so much more exposure to graphic novels and comics than I ever would have without this show. So. And I appreciate, we appreciate, I should say, hearing from all of you about, you know, your recommendations and the things that you love and that we did. And hopefully we'll see you here, well, we'll see you in the future, and also you'll hear from us sometime in the future with other projects. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Again, just thank you all for for sticking with us and and listening to us every month for uh, four plus years now through a pandemic uh, as well. Through a pandemic, uh, maybe we, uh, you know, all kind of came together a little bit more to read some some good stories uh, during the, the 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 darkest times. Uh, not out of it yet, but uh, uh, by any stretch. But um, yeah, uh, comics are great. Uh, we we hope you you keep reading uh, yeah. long after the the show is done. Uh, thanks again for joining us. And as Joe said, uh, we'll see you around virtually or otherwise. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye bye.